Hey, what's up, Insiders? Kim Williams. Welcome to Episode 8 of Inside Indie Media Weekly, my weekly show where we go in-depth with Indie Media Weekly contributors, artists, and listeners. This week, I've got some new music from Macaroni, Maurice Macaroni Bradford of the DOPinkRecords.com, and a couple of tunes off of that new release from him, and then a special treat for you after the show tonight, immediately after, I'm going to be spinning the entire album, all of it, in order, after Inside Indie Media Weekly with Kim Williams. So stay tuned for that. It is stellar. Mac is a consummate songwriter. He does it in the rap genre. It's awesome. So after the show tonight, when you're enjoying the album Propaganda 3, just released from Macaroni, you want to head over to the DOPinkRecords.com and pick it up for free. And you're probably going to want to pick up all of his albums, Propaganda, Propaganda 2, and Propaganda 3, Class Wars and Peace. I mean, it's an amazing collection. You can pick it up over there. You know you want this in your music collection, the DOPinkRecords.com. Go get it. And I want to say a big thanks again to my guest last week, Natasha Head from the Tash 2 Parlor, co-host of the Creative Nexus Cafe, and host of Wanderlust on Radio Chaos Caribou, author of three amazing books, Nothing Left to Lose, Pulse, and Birthing Inadequacy, amazing poet and author. And if you missed that show, Episode 7, you can always find the replays over at Inside Indie Media Weekly with Kim Williams tab at IndieMediaWeekly.com. Or you could head over to SoundCloud to our page directly, Indie Media Weekly, where you will find a ton of great music, amazing artists that we curate over there that we have in our stream. Lots of Broken Doorway artists, the Broken Doorway from Michael S. Sharbaugh, Hive Dies from Kenny Pick, Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick. We've got a lot of great stuff over there, so check it out. And also, if you don't want to miss an episode, you can always subscribe to Inside Indie Media Weekly on iTunes. Conversation tonight is with Lauren Mayer of laurenmayer.com. And, of course, Musical Mayhem with Lauren Mayer, heard right here on Indie Media Weekly Radio, Mondays and Wednesdays at 9.30 a.m. and Thursdays in prime time at 8 p.m. Eastern. She's a very funny lady. We have a chat about life, about her work, the world in general. So stay tuned for that. Station News. Things are rocking along pretty well at IndieMediaWeekly.com and IndieMediaWeekly Radio. Um, not a lot of new stuff to report this week. As I mentioned last week, we've got work going on on the back end at IndieMediaWeekly.com to get our RSS feeds looking better and bring you more voices from the blog side of things over at IndieMediaWeekly.com. So we've got the web development end of things covered, but I could use someone to help me out with just general tasks for IndieMediaWeekly.com and IndieMediaWeekly Radio. If you're interested in doing that, if you have some really strong WordPress skills and you are into this sort of thing and want to learn more about it, do let me know. Use my contact form at IndieMediaWeekly.com or you can email me, Kim, at IndieMediaWeekly.com. We are approaching 280 followers on TuneIn. It's, uh, as you may know, my favorite way to listen to the show on the go, at home, while I'm working, at my desk, anywhere, because you can get the app and you can listen to it on your browser. So check out TuneIn and the link in the show notes for how to get the app for your favorite device. And thank you so much to everyone who has subscribed to us on TuneIn and enjoys us in that format. Of course, you can listen to the show at the Inside Any Media Weekly with Kim Williams page, where you will also find a chat room. And the nicest people stop by for the show when it goes off live at 10.30 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday nights. And I thank you to you guys who are here tonight for the show, and I hope you enjoy it. So let's get started with a tune. 
Now, one of my favorite tunes off the Propaganda 3 album, which you can pick up at the com, by the way, for free. Mac put this album together, and he's offering it to you for free. Along with all the other great stuff he has over at the com, you can really add some seriously great music to your music collection if you head over there and check it all out. So to kick things off, one of my favorite tunes off the album is called Lost City. Lost City, Lost City, Macaroni, uh, we started from the bottom and we still on the bottom, you ask them about troubles, hell yeah we got them, living in a land that has been forgotten, when the natives get restless the police drop them, dried up, no place to go shopping, even if you had cabbage where would you go cop it? Just stop it, there is no profit For them to invest a block from some project Change the topic, ain't no point For them to talk about the problems in Detroit Be more in Chicago, you know what I mean Let us not forget about New Orleans Welcome to the land of the unseen I thought in America that we have one dream Pursuit of happiness is what they preach But in a lost city, that's out of reach we live inside Lost City. The streets round here show you no pity. We live inside Lost City. We live inside Lost City. We live inside Lost City. The streets round here show you no pity. We live inside Lost City. Uh. We live inside Lost City. We started in the ghetto and we still in the ghetto. With so many scars, we are tougher than metal. Tougher than leather if we all get together. From my hood to me barrio, wherever we wanna go. Voice to the voiceless, a choice for the choiceless. I drive a bucket, this ain't Rolls Royce shit. Unemployment, undereducation. Can't even find a job at the gas station. No patience, they get no immunity. To corporations, killing my community. And Lost City where it feel like the apocalypse We need to stand up and let's put a stop to this In the land of the unseen I thought in America that we have one dream Pursuit of happiness is what they preach But in a lost city that's out of reach We live inside Lost City The streets round here show you no pity We live inside Lost City We live inside Lost City We live inside Lost City The streets round here show you no pity We live inside Lost City We live inside Lost City Yeah, that's Macaroni from the Propaganda 3 album from the DOPinkRecords.com Get over there, pick it up now I'm going to play one more tune for you before we get to our conversation with Lauren Mayer. Now, what makes the Class Wars and Peace album so amazing is Mac did a lot of work to put together songs, spoken word. I have a spoken word piece on there called The Wreck. Term of the Night with Kenny Pick and the Term of the Night players, along with many other artists. He put this theme together for the Netroots Nation event in 2014. It's phenomenal so pick it up and the story behind this song is someone sent in the topic of for him to write a song about people doing urban gardening and 
reclaiming food deserts and that sort of thing. This is Gorilla in the Garden from Macaroni off the Class Wars in Peace 2014 release. Don't try to apprehend him. Don't try to apprehend him. Don't try to apprehend him. Who is he, Mr. Appleseed? He got pounds and pounds of what you need. Keep the whole block fed off a couple seeds. Who is he, Mr. Appleseed? Who is he, Mr. Appleseed? He got pounds and pounds of what you need. Keep the whole block fed off a couple seeds. Uh, who is he, Mr. Appleseed? He's a gorilla in the garden, letting it grow. No chemical, so natural. No Monsanto, no GMO. Plant seeds, add water, and see them grow. He keeps it low until he finds a spot where he can set shop and not get caught. An empty lot or a vacant land where he plants as many crops as he can. He is Dr. Green Thumb. Oh, yes, indeed. Grow his own food, grow his own weed. Have enough left for the people in need. Indeed, the modern day apple seed. He is a revolutionary and keeping it straight. Showing how to feed the people when there's nothing to eat. He is a revolutionary and keeping it straight. Making sure what the people gotta say to eat. Uh. Who is he, Mr. Appleseed? He got pounds and pounds of what you need. Keep the whole block fed off a couple seeds. Who is he, Mr. Appleseed? Who is he, Mr. Appleseed? He got pounds and pounds of what you need. Keep the whole block fed off a couple seeds. Who is he, Mr. Appleseed? Don't try to apprehend him. Don't try to apprehend him. Oh, I love me some macaroni, Maurice Bradford. That's Gorilla in the Garden from Class Wars and Peace, the 2014 release, the unofficial official mixtape of Netroots Nation. And a smash hit. Pick it up over at the dopinkrecords.com. Be sure and check out the show notes for this episode, episode eight of Inside Indie Media Weekly with Kim Williams over at indiemediaweekly.com, where you'll find links to all of this music from Mac, the DOP Inc. Records. And also a special shout out to Hitman, who's producer on the latest album, Propaganda 3. Fantastic job, Hitman. That record just flows into my ears in the most pleasant way. So thank you guys for tuning in to Inside Any Media Weekly this week. Hope you're enjoying the show so far. Uh, I've got Lauren Mayer coming up right after this. This is Adam Hebert. A man with breathtaking anger management issues. And I hope that you will listen to my program, Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert, live every Saturday night, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Fuck yeah! Every week on Mike Check Radio, me and my co-hosts, Rob Poole and Kenny Pegg, will talk about the week's news with righteous indignation, facts, and a large dose of comedy. Inconceivable! Join us as we try to answer the question of just how many Republican douchebags there are in Washington, D.C. It's over 9,000! <laughs> we'll also crown our assholes of the week during our program. You are the leading asshole in the state. Finally on our show, we'll also talk about the latest in news from video games, comic books, film, science, anime, and manga. All for your entertainment and learning pleasure. Well, that sounds really shallow and stupid. Let's try it. Don't forget, that's Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert, live every Saturday night, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern, and only here on Indie Media Weekly Radio. For those who dare. Oh, and Cranker demands that you listen to our program. <laughs> you are crazier than a crap fight in a monkey house.
Hi, this is Kenny Pick from Turn Up the Night. Be sure to check out my show live every Tuesday and Friday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern right here on Indie Media Weekly. Wow, winning. Turn Up the Night is three hours of news, opinion, and laughs. My fantastic co-hosts, Tom, Deba, Matt, Pete, and Kim, provide sharp analysis and perspective on all the important issues. Awesome! Even when the news is grim, we promise to keep you laughing. And you never know what audio clips I'll be dragging out from the arsenal of thrills. That's Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick, live every Tuesday and Friday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Indie Media Weekly. Now with our famous hot gravy. What? back to Inside Indie Media Weekly with Kim Williams. I'm here today with Lauren Mayer of laurenmayer.com, Psycho Supermom on YouTube, and of course, Indie Media Weekly's own liberal opinionated Jewish mom. How you doing, Lauren? I'm great. It's so fun to talk to you, Kim. I know. I'm so excited to have you on the show and uh, talk about your fantastic music. I know everybody loves your show at Indie Media Weekly, Musical Mayhem. Well, I love you. I love you right back. <laughs> Well, let's just make sure people know right off the bat how to listen to that on Indie Media Weekly Radio. It's uh, Mondays and Wednesdays at 9.30 a.m. Eastern. And then, of course, Thursdays in primetime at 8 p.m. Eastern on Indie Media Weekly Radio. Yeah, the, the political satire, comedy, parody is something that really adds a lot to the station. I'm so pleased that you've joined us for the show because it's, it's outstanding. Well, thank you. I love being part of the station, and I feel really honored. There's so many wonderful programs on. It's like, oh, I'm I'm sitting at the cool kids table. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you think so. Yeah. Well, I wanted to kind of kick things off to, today with uh, just a conversation about kind of what your background is and a little bit about Lauren and uh, where where did you grow up and, and where did you get this musical influence from? Well, I grew up in Irvine, California, and that's part of Orange County, which uh, we like to think of as the red state in the middle of California. <laughs> and I had diehard liberals for parents, and my dad had been a fan of Mark Russell and Tom Lehrer, and then earlier satirists like Robert Benchley and S.J. Perlman and all the writers for The New Yorker. And so I kind of grew up in this little hive of liberalism in the middle of all the Orange County craziness. I used to joke that there were even, even fewer Jews than Democrats there. So growing up as a Jewish liberal in Orange County, California, it was guaranteed to work me a little bit. And then my mom's side of the family, my grandmother had been a music teacher and there was a lot of music on her side of the family. So I grew up not sure whether I wanted to be a classical pianist or the first female president. I kind of was like politics or music. And then I found that songwriting and particularly satiric songwriting was a way to combine them both. So that's kind of how I, the influences that got me there. Um, and sort of where my weird sense of humor came from. <laughs> so, so not only do you do um, satire songs on uh, your YouTube channel, you have some albums as well. Yes, I do. I actually, um, I had written, boy, uh, over the course of my career, I had done a lot of writing for other singers and had done a cabaret show with a woman who's now pretty successful on the sort of new age inspirational circuit. And she 
basically dared me to write an album and record it myself. So at the time, I was up to my ears in suburban motherhood, so I wrote a couple of albums about being a suburban mom called Psycho Supermom, which is where the character came from, and Return of Psycho Supermom. And then uh, kind of as a joke, decided to do an album of Hanukkah songs, which I did. And then... Last year, I did an album based on my YouTube weekly videos. I've been doing one a week since August of 2012. Um, Kind of sort of mind-blowing to think I've done it that long. But I did a Kickstarter campaign last year and had a lot of people. It was great. My subscribers, you know, all 12 of them at the time, (laughs) and fans and, you know, a few people who liked my songs all pitched in. So I recorded sort of my greatest hits as of last spring. And I will probably do another one in the next you know, six months to a year because there's, I mean, there's going to be great stuff coming in for the 2016 election. So, um, yeah. 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 So my current political album is called if my uterus were a gun and other musical rants from the news. And the title song is exactly that it's, you know, based on the right wingers wanting to regulate nothing but women's reproductive choice. So yeah. Funny that, isn't it? it Yeah. That's the only thing they're interested in. Yeah. Hmm. Well, well and, and who people can love and get married to. As oh, well. right. Yes, exactly. That too. And what contraception they can use and all that. <laughs> so when you did your first albums, how did you do that? Did you go into a recording studio or did you do that at home? How'd you do that? My first album I did, oh boy, back in, a, I have a wonderful engineer that I work with um, who at the time we were recording on tape. When it, you know, when you cut and splice tape, it was actually take a razor blade and cut the physical. T- I mean, it was amazing the low tech stuff that we did back then. Now, what I do is do a lot of the pre production on my own computer, and then take it into the studio just to record the vocals. Oh, um, nice! Because I mean, I don't have the engineering capacity to do that. But it's amazing how much you know. I feel bad that live musicians are not getting as employed. But on the other hand, I couldn't afford to do albums if I had to do everything in the studio. Right. So it means I can do that. I can record all my YouTube video songs at home. I don't have to go find a studio to do that. So um, that's that's how I recorded the albums. Record stuff I have, you know, like um, recording software where I can mimic different instruments using a MIDI keyboard. And so oh, yeah. sometimes I use guitar. So it sounds like I'm playing and I'm fingering it sort of correctly. But that's my dirty little secret. It's not me oh, really playing. Goodness. But when, when, you, when I do a video at the piano, that's me playing. Yeah, I thought so. Well, I'm with you on the guitar thing. I, um, I play the guitar, uh, but not very well either. But I, for some reason, I seem to always want to have one. And I do enjoy plucking around on it. So, yeah. Oh, it's a joyful instrument. I think guitar music is great. It is. Now, you use backing tracks, like, for popular songs. Like, in just a second, we're going to play Song of the Week, Ballad of Jeb, No Last Name. (laughs) Oh, God. Which is hysterical. But where do you find these these tracks to put behind your uh, vocals? That is the wonderful thing about karaoke. It may not be, you know, great art when you go into bars and hear people singing badly, but there is so much karaoke music available online. So if I can't construct it myself or I don't have the time, or if it's something really iconic like the ballad of Jeb, no last name, where <laughs> as soon as you hear the beginning, you have to have that sound. Yeah. So I just buy them on iTunes. And oh, cool. that way whoever creates them gets a little bit of money. And then I doctor them up sometimes or, you know, change the keys. But 
for the more iconic ones, I buy them on iTunes. And um, for people who, you know, don't have the time or the money or can't, you know, they, they don't need anything that elaborate to buy an iTunes karaoke track is pretty amazing that you can do that now. Cool. That's excellent. Well, I wondered how you did that. Well, since we're talking about the Ballad of Jeb, no last name, I think we should play that for the folks. Okay. All now, right. Now, we're going to play this for you, but you guys need to go to Psycho Supermom on YouTube and subscribe to Lauren's channel and also send those out on Twitter as well, don't you, Lauren? Yeah, my Twitter handle is Lauren's Comedy. That's L-A-U-R-E-N-S, no apostrophe, and then comedy, C-O-M-E-D-Y. And I, I don't overdo it. I send out usually you know, a handful of tweets a week, one with my video, and then sometimes retweeting something I think is particularly hilarious. So that's... Yeah. Well, it's worth, uh, it's worth following Lauren on Twitter, just so you make sure you get the song of the week and subscribing to her YouTube channel, Psycho Supermom, for things like this. Well, this is the story of a man named Jeb, whose family reputation hit a low ebb. I guess he hopes voters are in the dark, or think his last name is an exclamation mark. Jeb, no last name, that is, says his brother was right about Iraq, or maybe wrong, or maybe, uh, what was the question again? As governor of Florida, he made friends there. So as soon as he left, he became a millionaire. To pretend he weren't running, he sure played games, but neglected to buy the best domain names. Jeb Bush for president.com, for example, which is delightfully owned by two cuddly bearded men who advocate marriage equality. And that there's irony. For Americans' health, his ideas he'll share, like using Apple Watches to replace Obamacare. Says scientists are arrogant, their works for the birds, and hates diplomacy with all them big words. Too many syllables, that is. Apparently, he's determined to prove he really isn't the smarter brother. A tax on women's choice and gay rights, he's for. Tax breaks for the rich while telling workers work more. Yet despite his mistakes, he hasn't hit a major bump. That's because he looks reasonable compared to Donald Trump. GOP clown car, that is. I cannot wait for the first debate. Y'all come back now, you hear? Yeehaw! That's the ballad of Jeb No Last Name from Lauren Mayer, a Psycho Super Mom on YouTube. That is Thanks. fantastic, girl. Thank you. Well, that one, I have to admit, was sort of one that wrote itself. <laughs> I can't believe nobody else thought of, you know, I mean, I used to play piano bars where we would do sing-alongs of TV show theme songs, and that was always one that people loved. Hmm. Wow. It's just so fun. Yeah. So uh, what do you think about the GOP presidential field or clan, clan oh my God. Or whatever you want to call it? As I think John Stewart put it, this is God's gift to comedians. I mean, when I think about it as a as a liberal feminist, I'm scared to death that one of them would actually win. But they're all so ludicrous and they're tearing themselves to shreds. It, to me, it looks pretty good for the Democrats. So um, the goofier they are, the better it is for us. And it's certainly the better for me. I mean, I could write 15 songs on Donald Trump alone um, and, you know, Scott Walker. I haven't even started on him yet. I mean, they're all so insane. Mm -hmm. um, it's I'm hearing more and more things, too, that I thought were jokes, like Marco Rubio's proposal that instead of federal student loans for colleges, we all get, you know, hedge fund bazillionaires to sponsor students. And that would be I mean, I thought it was a joke and it's <laughs> it's real. Um, I can't, you know, some of the stuff that Donald Trump says, giving out Lindsey Graham's phone number, I mean, 
<laughs> he, he's he's quite. I mean, I still think it's a giant performance art piece, and he's a, a closeted Bernie Sanders supporter or something. I don't oh, know. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know about that, Lauren. He's got yeah. me convinced that he's completely insane. He is, well, I thought he. I lived in New York in the eighties when it was sort of the beginning of his heyday, and people thought he was a joke then. And, you know, he kept dumping his wives for ones with progressively, who are younger, with lower IQs and larger bra sizes. And, (laughs) I mean, he's a joke in just sort of real estate and business circles. So, but it also tells you a lot about GOP primary voters because they like Mm -hmm. him. Yes, that's, um, that's sad. It's sad. It's a sad comment on on the state of education, at least in red states in this country. It makes me very glad I live in California. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, he's tapping into, I would say unspoken, but it's not particularly unspoken in the South. I mean, um, Mm -hmm. a lot of conservatives in the South, you know, they're not standing on street corners screaming about how much they hate black people and immigrants and and whatnot, but there's a very, as we all know, a very deep-seated and ugly side of conservatism in the South that is extremely racist. It's racist. It's misogynist. It's mm-hmm. anti-Semitic. It's. I mean, you should. I'm going to probably send some of these into Kenny for his hive dive. The comments that I get on my YouTube channel when I post something that has any trigger points, usually guns, but often reproductive rights. Some of the things that these commenters say, when I did my first gun control video, um, I mean, it, the, the thing went over 10,000 views fairly quickly, which mine don't usually do, but it was most of them were gun nuts. And the stuff that they said would have been really frightening had their spelling been better. Um, oh. And it made me realize they're threatening horrible things, but they don't spell well enough to figure out where I live. <laughs> so it, it didn't even occur to me, Lauren, the kind of comments you must be getting on YouTube in your comments. Not always. I mean, usually it's, I think you're wrong, but the song was cute. You know, oh, I, good. I grew up in okay. Orange County, so a lot of my friends from high school who are <laughs> Facebook friends of mine are Republicans. Mm-hmm. And so they'll say, I disagree with you on the issue, but it was funny. Or, you know, or people say that this was great and, um, but, but yeah, every now and then I get just a handful of, and then they pass it to each other. So they're all trying to top each other and how hateful they can make the comments. So basically it's a bunch of conservatives whacking off and trying to impress each other. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've noticed that, that so much of it is, um, is dressing up for each other. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, that's a very good point. You should record some yourself for the Hive Dive, or definitely. Yeah, I have to ask Kenny about that. I mean, I actually did a whole, it's funny, the last gun control song I did, I did a whole reference to, um, thanks to the horrible comments, I know this one will get a lot of views, and it didn't, (laughs) and I didn't get any bad comments. (laughs) Well, definitely, we got to put you in touch with him about that, because he was looking to have some other people participate as well, so that that might be really outstanding. Some of them are, I mean, they're laughable. Some of them were really ugly and yeah. they get, you know, I mean, I don't think it's the same as some of those women video de- um, game designers or um, columnists who've gotten the really horrible online trolling. Um, but it gave me just a little taste of what that must be like. And, oh, that, that's just awful for them. Yeah, I don't know. You know, some people just, uh, they have no, they have no case to make it's just um 
I guess being really, really ugly and hateful is like a turn on for some people. I guess that's the best I can I can gather. Oh, so it's kind of like Fifty Shades of Obnoxious. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, seems that way. I mean, I, I guess it's kind of uh, kind of sick, but uh, okay. All right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hope you're enjoying my conversation with Lauren Mayer from laurenmayer.com, Psycho Supermom on YouTube. And of course, host of Musical Mayhem with Lauren Mayer right here on Indie Media Weekly Radio on Mondays and Wednesdays at 9.30 a.m. Eastern and on Thursdays in prime time at 9 p.m. Eastern. Stay tuned. We've got the other half of my conversation with Lauren Mayer. And then don't forget, after the show tonight, you won't hear it on the podcast. But if you tune in to Inside Indie Media Weekly with Kim Williams on Tuesday nights at 1030 p.m. Eastern, after the show's over at about 1130-ish, I'll be playing the entire Propaganda 3 album from Maurice Macaroni Bradford tonight. So stay tuned for that. We'll be right back after this. walk with me, Michael S. Sharball, through the broken doorway, where you will discover the freshest in pop, rock, psychedelic, ambient, and experimental musics, 11 a.m. Saturdays and Wednesdays, and only on IndieMediaWeekly.com. Don't miss Musical Mayhem with Lauren Mayer. Topical comedy songs and commentary from your friendly local humorist, songwriter, and opinionated Jewish mother. You can catch the show right here on Indie Media Weekly on Mondays and Wednesdays at 9.30 a.m., Thursdays at 8 p.m., right after the Tim Cormall Show. You can catch my weekly comedy videos on my YouTube channel, Psycho Supermom, and order CDs through most major retailers as well as my website, laurenmayer.com. So join us for Musical Mayhem, where music, politics, and comedy intersect. Sound new? As P.T. Barnum said, no one ever went broke underestimating the taste of the American public. I'm probably mangling that quote, but basically, you <laughs> yeah. know, this is a country where Honey Boo Boo had a reality TV show so, and Duck Dynasty was popular. So, yeah. you know, yeah. no matter how low you think it can go, you could probably go lower. Yes. Well, you know, I mean, from uh, where I'm from in East Texas, Bill Robertson is he has quite the fan club. I mean, there are a I'm lot of people so there. Sorry, you're from Texas. Well, oh, you, you know, being from Texas isn't the worst thing that could happen. Uh, you know, Texas didn't used to be the way it is now. Much like North Carolina isn't the way it yeah. is now. This phenomenon of you know a grifter class hoodwinking people by using their belief systems that are in error is is. Um, I mean, it's always been with us, but. My goodness, people like the Bushes and people like Trump and the Koch brothers have have taken using these people who don't seem to have the wherewithal to grasp that they're being used to new levels. Yes, I agree. And, you know, it's part of why I keep doing my videos is I have a few friends who live in red states and they will tell me that 
it, you know, I mean, in the Bay Area, you know, I live near San Francisco now. I mean, we're all commie pinkos here. Of but, course you are. You know, my friends who are in other states say it really helps to know that there are other people out there who share their views. You know, there are nice pockets of liberalism in most red states. And it's, mm-hmm. so I feel like, you know, I'm not curing cancer. I don't have the money to fight the Koch brothers. But at least if I can help point out hypocrisy and also give a chuckle to people who are in areas where not everybody has a brain and uses it. Um, you know, I feel like I'm at least doing something worthwhile. So, Well, you most definitely are. And of course, you know, we we do this for the very same reasons. It's the same reason why I is built and, and run Indie Media Weekly is to give people right. a place to speak out, you know, whether it's a talk show or music or, or whatever. But, uh, yeah, so, well, I'm glad that you do because I think it's extremely valuable. And with the other shows on the network, you know, sometimes you just got to make fun of this stuff. I mean, that's how you, that's sometimes the only thing you can do with it. That's actually, first of all, I do want to also thank you. I love having the platform on Indie Media Weekly and I love the other shows. So I'm really grateful. Um, And that's why I started doing these videos in the first place. It actually came about because... Uh, during the Republican primaries in 2012, I mean, yes, it was funny, but it was also horrifying. And I found myself yelling at the television <laughs> set. Yeah. And my husband and kids said, you've got to find something more productive to do besides yelling at the television. <laughs> so the first right. political song I ever wrote was called It's a Scary Time to Be a Jewish Mother. And I sort of created this character who advocated for gay marriage because, like all good Jewish mothers, I secretly wanted a gay son because then he'd never leave me for another woman. And, I mean, I sort of did that as a joke, but I am sad to say that I have two sons and they're both straight. I'm very disappointed. Um, I really wanted a gay son, but I kind of wrote this song and posted it and sort of joked on Facebook, I should do this every week. And a bunch of people said, okay, do And so it, but it all came about because I felt so impotent. I didn't have the money to do anything in terms of fighting that kind of stuff. And being in California, our votes don't count really because it's just written off as a blue state. So I didn't even feel like I could do anything locally. So Hmm. that was what I could do to vent my frustration (laughs) and try to laugh at it. So, well, how long um, have you had your YouTube channel, Psycho Supermom? In August, it will be three years, and I have only missed one week in that whole time, um, which is when I was chaperoning a high school trip to New York with uh, 80 high school students. And I decided that, that, and I didn't prep one in advance. So it's the only week I've taken. I've done one every week since then. Yeah, I started with just a few views. Now I've got a few hundred subscribers. I mean, I'm I'm not, you know, anywhere near viral cat videos, although when I started this, my son, my younger son's now 18, but he was 15 when I started it. And he said, you know, mom, you got to remember anything over 100 views is viral for old people. Oh. (laughs) So, and I, Uh you know, they all get over that. I do get a few into the thousands and a couple of the top 10,000, but... No, I'm not, you know, it's not Gundam style, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, when I first started, I, you know, five views, 10 views. So it's gotten a little better since then. I think you have a, a nice little fan club. I know that a lot of folks at Indie Media Weekly love what you do. And well, that's because they've got great taste. Of course, of course. Of course. So, you know, and we, uh, we, we enjoy sharing it too. So hopefully we can uh, expose more people to your awesome videos and songs well, of the you. week. 
So the next one we're going to play for folks is one about Bernie. Feel the burn. Um, yes, this one was another one where it just seemed like it wrote itself. I don't always do parodies, but um, when I've had a kind of crazy work schedule this summer, and some of these were just so obvious that I couldn't not write them. So this one was fun. All right, let's play it. Bernie draws a crowd. From Heiko Supermom, Lauren Mayer on YouTube. Subscribe. And you'll get Thank you. all of these awesome songs. Oh, watch out. A candidate's emerging, no doubt. His popularity's surging. He's an extraordinary guy. Bernie draws a crowd. They roar to hear this leftist smarty. Draws more than anyone from either party. You have got to see the way Bernie draws a crowd. Lots of pundits on the stump say he's a leftist Donald Trump. That's neither factual nor witty. It ignores views with which he attracts and he doesn't screw up basic facts. Cause he's not a pompous idiot Does great Don't underestimate him Can't wait For Hillary to debate him His views are really quite mainstream Bernie draws a crowd No one thought he had a chance The media laughed and looked askance Won't pander or jump through hoops of handlers and focus groups. We're so not used to authentic. So he is who we're all adoring. Since we <coughs> can't have Elizabeth Warren, go ahead, call him socialist. Bernie draws a crowd. Hooray. Unbound. Man, his fans are loud. Of leftist views, he's proud. And Bernie draws a crowd. All right, Bernie draws a crowd from Lauren Mayer on her Psycho Supermom channel on YouTube. That's an excellent tune, Lauren. Thank you. I had fun with that one. I had actually seen Talking Heads in New York at Radio City Music Hall. So just the sort of odd juxtaposition of that. Really, um, I had fun with that one. I borrowed my <laughs> husband's white dinner jacket to film it, so I kind of looked like David Byrne in the big white suit. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you look great in a white tux. <laughs> Thank you. I like that. I was like, damn, that looks hot. That's good. I like that. Yeah. I'm going to give me one of those. Yeah, it's, it's, it kind of came over my hands a little bit, but it was fun. <laughs> Styling. So, yeah. uh, so let's talk a little bit about Bernie, the Bernie-Hillary thing. Uh, what do you think about that? I think I'm the way a lot of more leftist Democrats are. I'm pretty resigned to Hillary winning. I have some reservations because I think she'll say whatever she needs to. But she's been saying some pretty progressive stuff lately. 
I don't think Bernie could win in the general election, but I'm certainly going to support him. I like a lot of what he says. He has been pretty consistent about income inequality, which is a huge concern to me, especially being here in the Bay Area where the Silicon Valley money has made it. it nobody can afford to live here anymore. It's so mm-hmm. expensive and we see it sort of firsthand in our rent. But I think if Bernie pushes her to the left, it's all good. And if nothing else, they're having a civilized discussion. And then if we can throw in Lincoln Chafee and the metric system and some of the intelligent things Martin O'Malley has been saying, it's like, it's all good. They're all great. I mean, I, I share your concerns about Hillary, too. I mean, I, I think she's in the situation that we find ourselves in right now in the world. I think she's just a little bit too status quo, a little bit too right. corporate Democrat for what we really, really need right now. But sometimes you don't always get what you need at the time that you need it. And you have to make the best of what you do have. That's yeah, life. exactly. And any Democrat as president is going to at least appoint halfway decent Supreme Court justices, yeah. which basically that's all they really can control. Yeah. And she has a good chance of winning. It's not like I'm opposed to having a woman president. I would love it. Right. Um, she has a good shot at it. But yeah, again, you're right. She's also very sort of focus group managed and and you know, she'll say whatever she needs to say. And just anybody who would make a tone deaf comment like after they came out of the White House being dead broke. It's like, oh, seriously? <laughs> <laughs> no, honey, you do not know what dead broke is. I'm just kind of watching in in wonder at what's been going on with Bernie Sanders. I mean, you read, uh, I know I've read articles that say, oh, he's drawing big crowds. That doesn't mean anything. Well, yes, actually, it does. It does. And just to say, just because he's drawing big crowds, you know, well, he can't win because of that. Well, that may be true. But I think what that says, and Hillary needs to be listening, and every other Democrat needs to be listening, and that is that people are tired of the status quo. I think you're right, and I do think Hillary is listening to that because the more crowds he draws, the more she lets people in her campaign acknowledge that they are concerned about him, the more populist kinds of things she says, you know, and like, you know, and she went a step ahead of him as far as calling for universal voter registration and things like that. So I think, and I got it, I mean, she's very politically shrewd. And so she's, if she's changing, then to me, that's saying that he really is having an impact because she wouldn't skew to the left if she didn't think she needed to. So you're right. I think he's tapping into a whole frustration of, you know, it's and who are also saying Trump and and Bernie Sanders are not equivalent loonies on either side. (laughs) Well, um, no. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, I am no political expert by any means. Politics is not is not really my first love. I mean, I care about. I care about the people on the ground. I care about what's actually happening, you know, on the street with black people being gunned down and being treated in, in ever increasingly hostile and violent ways because police feel like they're going to get away with it. Mm-hmm. And those are the types of things, you know, the political machinations. I don't really I don't really go there too much, but I do know that. When you're talking about Democrats and Republicans, there is a profound difference. I mean, Democrats, yes, they take a lot of corporate money, and yes, they do a lot of corporations bidding, but Republicans are just out-and-out dangerous to society. I think you're right, and they tap into sort of our worst human instincts and Mm -hmm. at least a lot of the Democratic policy, you know, just 
the way that the Democratic Party has evolved on gay rights and gay marriage and on women's issues. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm old enough to remember sort of the tail end of the women's movement. Um, uh, my mom had been a feminist and had she raised money for Adlai Stevenson. And when I started junior high, girls were not allowed to wear pants. And girls took home ec and boys took shop. I mean, it was that still that sexist. And I got broken up with by a couple of guys I dated because I got better grades than they did or I did better than they did at debate tournaments. And <laughs> so I really remember, I mean, then that's not anything compared to some of the hassles that a lot of women have gone through. But I remember when it sort of felt like the beginning of general acceptance of women's rights and seeing and I remember Roe versus Wade I remember that decision and then to see it be systematically dismantled by men it just I, I find that really disturbing too yeah um, and yeah I see that as a huge deal you know and I hate I have friends and I relatives will say oh they're all corporate they're all evil both sides are evil yeah, I mean yes there are professional politicians on both sides of the aisle but Democrats aren't trying to shred people's rights Exactly. And Democrats, even when they were corporate Democrats, they were they were satisfied with somewhat of a sharing of the wealth in this yeah. country. Conservative billionaires and politicians, they don't they want it all. Yeah. And 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 they want it all. And then I mean, I can at least understand the motivation of self-interest of greed. But then I don't understand why it helps the Koch brothers or what's to their advantage by decimating reproductive choice rights. I could see why destroying the environment helps their bottom line, even though it's very short-sighted. But why do they care whether gay people can get married or whether women can have abortions or get you know, reasonable birth control? And they're shredding that, too. It's, so it's like they're not even content to take all the money. Then they want to make the rules of how everybody can live the rest of their lives. It's insane. Well, well my theory on that, Lauren, is if you can take away a woman's right to choose and you can put her in a position where she becomes responsible for having to take care of children that she it may not have been her choice to find herself with, then, or even if it was, it's still her <coughs> choice. It's no one's choice but her own. But taking control of that decision, you also take control, most likely, of that woman's economic position and her strength as far as her challenge to male power. I think you're right, and I used to joke that the reason why Republicans are so hostile to public education is because they want to keep people stupid enough to vote for them. I don't think that's a joke anymore. I really no. do think they want these charter schools that are, you know, they want vouchers for, you know, religious education, and, you know, church-based schools. They want to destroy any education about science and history. So then people will be stupid enough to vote for them. Well, I, I call it a business model. Yeah. And it's just a corporate business model that they subscribe to. And and it's um, you know, why would they do that when it's it's obviously the end game, the the end result of all that will be everyone suffers including them, but I don't know. Maybe it's some sort of a a mental deficit for people that can't see that, a blind spot that we are all connected and you cannot behave that way and expect to flourish yourself. I mean, that's extremely parasitic. And, and you know, that's the, one of their favorite things is to point to poor people and people of color and, and call <laughs> them parasitic when, in fact, they really are the ones who are the parasites because they're killing the host. 
Exactly. So, exactly. Anyway. Well, and they've done studies that people who you know get most of their opinions from Fox News have lower IQs. I mean, it's you know. Yeah, that's. So, uh, I think that's been proven. Yes. I mean, I'm sorry. In a battle of the wits between Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders, I don't think there would be many people <laughs> who'd want to bet on Trump. He'd be louder, but he certainly wouldn't say anything intelligent. Yeah. I'd love to see those two debate, actually. That would be hysterical. I don't know. I'm really, you know, but I hope he keeps saying stupid things. I haven't actually picked what I'm going to write about for this week because <laughs> I've got so many choices. I just, you know, I've ended, I really should do Scott Walker. I really should do um, um, Kasich, you know, the, some of the new candidates who've gotten in. But I don't know. Trump is just so entertaining. Yes, yes, he is that for sure. Now, let's uh, kind of switch gears a little bit. And now you do, um, you're doing some live performance work as well, aren't you? I mean, you kind of work in the, in the field uh, as a job, as work, right? Well, my sort of day job is a music director and vocal coach. So I work with people, a lot of kids doing musical theater. There's a pretty thriving community theater scene here in the Bay Area. I teach at a couple of conservatories. Um, then I music direct for schools and for local theaters. So that's my day job. And then I work in as a cabaret performer off and on. I do an act with my husband who has been a guest on some of my videos and he's a professional singer. So that's, I, I will actually be posting that because we have an upcoming show in September. Um, and it'll actually be fun. It's songs about New York and California, both existing and some that we've written. And I, you know, I do some work for, corporate clients, but they're nice, small, local little businesses like a credit union. I do videos for them that are for their, like educating their customers on what the different products are. Oh, And yeah, yeah and I used to do that actually a lot, did a lot of live shows for corporate events uh, where, you know, at a convention introducing a new product, we would do a song and dance routine about it, that kind of thing. Oh, and that sounds fun. It, well, it, it was weird. It was fun. My favorite was <laughs> I did a show for the California Funeral Directors, oh. which you know, it's, all the things you've heard about undertakers are true. They're very serious in their professional life, so they are complete <laughs> partiers at a convention. And we did, um, instead of Stand By Your Man, we did Stand By Your Urn, <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> they were fascinating. They were actually one of my favorite clients to work with because they were really into the humor. They wanted a fun show. <laughs> they laughed at everything, but they behaved themselves because we did a couple of like hedge fund and, you know, more sort of young power drunk yuppies and they were, they were rude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rude. Yeah. I can, I can imagine. I'm, I'm not sure. Fun, but not so much. I mean, I think actually with the recession, that's one thing that hasn't bounced back. And I have to admit as much as personally I miss those gigs, I never felt entirely good about how much money some of these companies were spending on their top 50 salespeople, you know, flying them mm -hmm. all to Hawaii and flying over all these performers. I mean, it's a lot of money to spend on not a lot of value. So... You know, that's interesting. Uh, an ex of mine uh, worked for Enron, and that was one of her jobs at Enron was to set up the uh, the global power people things. And uh, she organized a trip for 600 people flown from all across the globe to, to uh, Nevis in the West Indies and booked that all and it did the whole thing. They brought in the fabulous Thunderbirds for two nights. 
Um, wow. It was ridiculous how decadent that whole thing was, so, and how how everything at, at Enron was actually. I, I worked with a uh, a woman who was a, a coworker of mine, a vice president at the company I worked for, and then she uh, went to work for Enron. And she told me one day, she said, "You know, she said, you know, our Christmas party, how we have like a spread and stuff." I'm like, "Yeah." She goes, "That's a staff meeting here." I was like, "Are you kidding me? Wow, that's just way too much." Yeah, that, I mean, we get a little taste of that with the high tech companies around here. I did some consulting, um, that liven up some meetings for Electronic Arts, and. You know, there's a well-stocked pantry with all sorts of goodies and free cereal and, you know, that and slightly <laughs> subsidized cafeteria, but nothing like the Enron days. I never worked for Enron, <laughs> but I worked for some of their, comp- not, you know, I did shows for competitors and they were just a constant punchline. Yeah, and I I'm actually sure. remember some of the trying to find rhymes for Enron so we could do a song <laughs> that is the punchline. <laughs> well, we all know how that turned out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, fortunately for me and and my family at the time, we weren't uh we weren't affected by that awful day that 2500 people lost their jobs, but uh it was terrible. Oh my. Yeah. It was a terrible terrible day in Houston, Texas, but uh but we survived. Um and uh yes, I'm a little bit jaded about corporate America. I I'll, I'll admit it. I am too. I will say the year and a half that I had that EA contract and I got paid well and I flew to a bunch of places and that was all really cool, but I didn't feel good about what I'm doing. And right now, I mean, I'm not sure how much value musical theater has, but some of the kids that I work with, that develops their confidence, even if they don't stay in the business. And I make people laugh and I make people smile and I I may be more broke than I was when I had a corporate job, but it sure feels better. <laughs> I'm right there with you. And I, yeah, I, good. <laughs> I, I totally agree. And I think working with kids in theater and helping them to build confidence and project their personalities out into the world in various ways is, is actually invaluable, Lauren. And I really am glad you're doing it. I, you know, I have a one adult student. She's a retired nurse, so automatically she's a saint. I mean, I think nurses <laughs> are the most underpaid, overworked yeah wonderful people in the world and she's giving herself the gift of voice lessons as kind of fun therapy and she might want to audition for some musical she's done some acting and she comes in and leaves with such a smile on her face I almost feel like I should pay her instead of charging and we have so much fun and you know and at the end of the day if you can't have fun and laugh at things it's it, it makes things just so much harder to deal with so the fact that you're helping get laughter out there also and giving us a place to put it out in the world is fantastic. Well, I love every minute of it. And I, I can't imagine what I would do without this, without Any Media Weekly and the radio station at this point. It's just become part of the fabric of my life. But, uh, but I, I really, feel the same uh, about the videos. And I keep thinking one of these days we might actually all make a living at this. Wouldn't that be amazing? Well, it's not unheard of. I mean, it's not, <laughs> it's not completely out beyond the realm of uh, possibility, I don't think. No, but I think we got to do it because we love it. I mean, my yeah. first year, I can't tell you the number of people who said, you ought to send your stuff to Jon Stewart. You ought to send your stuff to Bill Maher. You ought to send your stuff, send it to Rachel. And I, you know, I do every week. Somebody in those offices gets at least an email that they throw out for me, but after none of that happening, I realized now I'm, I mean, it would be nice, but I do it for the people who are listening to it now. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, awesome. That's a great place to uh, wrap up the conversation. I really appreciate you having this chat with me today, Lauren. It's been a real pleasure. And well, it's I, been a pleasure to chat to chat with you, Kim, and to find out some of your backstory. Oh well, yeah, it's not something I don't I don't really talk about it all that much. But this show gives me an opportunity to to talk about it with folks sometimes. So that's cool. Let's get the rundown again, so everybody knows. We'll have, of course, everything in the show notes for for this episode at uh, IndieMediaWeekly.com. And we want to make sure they know to look for you at LaurenMayer.com. That's M-A-Y-E-R.com. And Psycho Supermom on YouTube. That's, uh, that's Video Central. You want to make sure you click on that and subscribe to Lauren's YouTube channel. And, of course, Mondays and Wednesdays at 9.30 a.m. Eastern for the early birds on Indie Media Weekly Radio. And, of course, Thursdays in primetime at 8 p.m. Eastern right after the Tim Cornwall Show on Indie Media Weekly Radio. So thanks again, Lauren. I really appreciate your time today. It's been wonderful to chat with you. Well, likewise, Kim, I really enjoyed this. And thanks again for the program and for, for the time slot, especially being right after Tim Cornwall's show. I think it's a nice combination of entertainment for people. Oh, it definitely is. It's uh, It makes Thursdays great. We've got Tim, we've got you. And then, we, of course, after that, Paul's Memory Bank. So that's a live music show from one of our associate DJs who's plugged into our system that does a live music show. So Thursday nights on Indie Media Weekly Radio is rocking. we got comedy, we've got live music. It's a fun time. So thanks again, Lauren, for your contribution to that. Thanks again for everything, Kim. And I love your whole Indie Media Weekly family. All right. Well, we love you, too. And we'll talk to you Aww. again soon. Okay. Thanks. Big love, big thanks to my guest for the conversation today, Lauren Mayer of LaurenMayer.com and Musical Mayhem on Indie Media Weekly Radio. Hope you guys will tune in for that and please go like up her YouTube channel over on YouTube, Psycho Super Mom. Get the songs of the week. Now, stay tuned. I've got the entire album, Propaganda 3, just released by Macaroni, produced by Hitman, released it out at Network Nation 15. It's now available on the DOPinkRecords.com. The full download for free. So the links will be in the show notes for episode eight of Inside Indie Media Weekly. Stay tuned for Propaganda 3 in its entirety. If you're listening to the podcast, do join us on Tuesdays, 10.30 p.m. Eastern for the show and the live chat over at Inside Indie Media Weekly tab at IndieMediaWeekly.com. See you next week.